0: I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me today is Manish Makan, Chief Executive Officer of IGTB. We are talking about the consumerization of commercial
1: banking. What do you mean, first of all, by consumerization, Manish? Thanks, Robin. Thanks for taking time out. I look at consumerization, maybe a technical definition like I read from Gartner, It says consumerization is the specific impact that consumer originated technologies can have on enterprises. It's the interface with the consumer, what it changes for the enterprises. And we've seen that a lot in the retail world, how this is coming up in our day-to-day life in the commercial banking world. It's no more D plus one, D plus two is no more T plus one, T plus two is no more acceptable. It's all about real time here and now. And giving that as a backdrop, we look at how the six tenants of consumerization, which we see in retail bank, how they come and impact each one of us in the commercial banking area. The six tenants we look at from a consumerization is you've all seen hyper-personalization as a key facet of consumerization. You get that experience which is uber customized for you, how AI plays a role in it, how design influences you, and how trust in a site influences you of taking decisions in your favor. Examples I would want to say if you want to do any concert booking or a ticket booking for a sporting event, how you can visualize what you are seeing and you're able to see that what seats I'm going to get, how close or how far, how much more I'm willing to pay. You start trusting them versus buying just a ticket and not not knowing what views you will get. Uh, We've seen that how action triggers help you Like on any of our, these days, each one of us wear an Apple watch or another smart watch and how it's consuming a lot of your health data and it advises you what to do. So how do you bring that action trigger insights into what you do? How immediacy comes into your environment? Uh, You go to like a booking.com, it says four people just bought and uh, only two tickets left. When you see only two tickets left and then you see 10 people bought in the last 24 hours, It tells you that it's a popular destination. And it says, if you don't buy, the prices will go up. The real-time connected user journeys from just touch points to how you bring real-time in the full life cycle of it. Again, an example on travel, how on an Expedia you will go, it will offer you airline tickets, it will offer you hotel, local transportation, any trip advisories. And now they've started integrating what weather conditions to expect when you go over there. So how do you integrate the full user journey of an individual, what they are consuming? And how do you create a friction-free experience at scale? Any holiday sales or any sporting events on demand you want to subscribe, how your infrastructure scales up? We looked at these six facets, these six tenets of consumerization, which all of us have experienced in our day-to-day life. How do we deploy that into a commercial banking world? And that's where we came up with three themes of how a composable product, which has that contextuality capability to be able to offer you, and an infrastructure and operating system, which can help you scale at a hyperscale. So composable, contextual, and hyperscale, those three facets become very important for us to bring that consumerization for commercial banking into our life stages. Obviously, what you've been
0: talking about there is the retail experience, and you want to mirror that retail experience Into commercial banking,
1: so we want to mirror that into a commercial banking example of at your point of time of consumption. I am on twenty third of September. I am an SME. I got to make payroll happen. Some of my receivable has got delayed. What are my choices? Can I make a next best offer of using my OD line? Or on seventh of September, can I give based on cash flow forecasting and advice that there will be delay on receivables? Proactively in the consumer's life cycle, which is the commercial bank here, how I can create advisory capabilities leveraging AI and ML and bring that contextually back to an example. You've looked at examples of now real-time investment sweeps you are doing on large funds. ESG is playing a very big role. Can you have ESG indicators which talk to you about how something significant has happened based on an event? It can advise you the ESG score has come down. And banks are very conscious now of ESG as a core parameter. Multiple things we are bringing into our execution lifecycle, which can take the commercial banking consumers, which is the end corporates, take those right decisions in their lifecycle.
0: All right. You mentioned three things. Uh, Hyperscale was the last one. We'll come back to that in a moment. But contextual and composable, what does that actually mean in practice? what's the experience of the financial institution going to be of contextual solutions and composable solutions?
1: I think from a composable perspective, it's how your architecture is modular and can you for an end consumer, it could be uh, you creating journeys for an SME or a mid-corporate or a large corporate. Are you going to have three different platforms or can you compose and create a platform consuming different service capabilities and offer the same consumer, your core asset remains the same. From a contextual perspective, how do you deliver value-added interactions with insights so the end customer can take the right decisions themselves? The dependence on RMs, you will have relationship managers for large corporate. But if you look at SME mid-market, a relationship manager serves hundreds of customers, but like Amazon has provided you that at the point of consumption, an advisory insight can come in. An example I gave, I need to make payroll. I see my balance is being low. What options do I have? I have an OD line or somebody who's a mid-market customer. Can you from a, lend from another subsidiary to yourself? Is that the cheapest option of borrowing money? Then examples on payments. I want to make, when an end customer comes in, the customer in SME mid-market says, I want to make a payment. We kind of burden with him? Which rail do you want to follow? All he's saying is, I want the cheapest and a confirmed route to go through. Can the system recommend you based on past preferences or what you choose as your choices? What's the right method to make a payment? Why are we confusing the backend infrastructure onto a consumer that you want to make a backs payment or you want to make a chaps payment? We got to take that complexity out in the life of a consumer which is a corporate end corporate in our scenario.
0: There are lots of ways in which things could be simpler and more obvious for the consumer, the the commercial banking consumer. What do these developments in technology really mean for the financial institution? How is the the bank itself going to change as a result of embracing this technology?
1: I look at three aspects on it, Robin. The first one being you've got to realize It's not about rip and replace. We would all want to dream that we've got a new magic wand. I can make all your infrastructure modern and new tomorrow morning. That's where composability comes into play of how our technology can coexist along with bank's existing infrastructure and fill in the white spaces or the hotspots. Because we built on the microservices architecture because of the cloud nativity, the focus is on consuming a service, business service to create a platform or create a solution for an end corporate. That's where we have focused on. It's about augmenting or complementing your existing infrastructure. It's not about rip and replace. And how do you design for hyperscale? That's the third aspect of a very important aspect of each of the commercial banks have spikes in their life. There are certain cycles, the volumes are going to be much higher other than the cloud infrastructure it can be deployed upon, is the scalability of the architecture, which can help you do horizontal or vertical scalability. Those are the aspects we are focused upon.
0: Okay, I was going to come on to the issue of hyperscale. You've kind of covered it there to a certain extent. The bottom line is we are talking about a cloud-native solution, which, which means you've got the room whenever you want it to scale up or indeed scale down you can meet the demand whenever it occurs.
1: It's hyperscale also. The resilience improves quite significantly because of the architecture deployment which you have. It reduces your point of failures. It You can spin up much more environments as you require on demand. That's where the cloud infrastructure, as well as how your applications are designed to consume that, both play a role. It's not just about containerizing your old infrastructure and putting it on a cloud That's putting like a lipstick on a pig. Uh, That doesn't make a difference really. If you've not done the true microservices, cloud native architecture, if you're not componentized, what we do is we bring a lot of data decision on which decisions are driven much closer to the consumer interface. So the time in which uh, you can take a decision is significantly different. Bottom line is commercial banking as it's
0: experienced by the customers now, are we simply catching up with changes that have already been made in the retail banking arena?
1: I look at it from a two perspective. Uh, The first question I look at is consumerization, a distraction for commercial bank, or is it an opportunity for banks to become customer-centric? From a strategic, how focused you are on your customer helps you define, is it a distraction or is it a differentiation what you have? Uh, Very recently, looking with one of the large banks, Citibank, I was listening to their presentation and they're saying, what are the top four platform companies in the world? And they say, we are a financial services platform. That shows the perspective change on how you are focused on a customer and how you create an experience where consumption of your platforms become much more realistic. An example is, look at in the real world, Uber versus Lyft. Uber charges more to the drivers and Lyft charges less to the drivers as a commission. But if you go and pull up the taxi drivers, what would they prefer? They would prefer to use Uber because on a click off when this uh, drive completes, you get credit into your account. Lyft settles it in a one week. So that's the real time contextuality, uh, which is more important because the taxi driver's got to fuel his car every day. He can't wait for a one week of cash flow. These are different examples in end life, consumer's life, how you bring real time and contextuality to make a difference.
0: It sounds to me like banking is rediscovering the fact that it's a service industry.
1: It is. I think there's a significant shift which is happening. All the large global banks to ensure their coverage, they can provide a seamless experience, is very, very important. The platform economy has changed also that the service has to be much more real time here and now. And all we look at the global banks are doing that, the regional banks want to bat out, the local young banks in each of the market want to compete. What we are able to do now is the wallet spend of each of these banks would be different. So the technology has become much more economical from that perspective that it can be consumed by small banks as well as large banks. It's the experience which has changed. So we've focused also on. Uh, TCO from that perspective.
0: Yeah, finally, then, in terms of your position, the technology is going to continue to evolve. There is more to come.
1: Yes. So you've got to be at forefront of it. You've got to be willing to disrupt sometimes what are your cash cows. Fortunately, we are an organization which has been focused on R&D and innovation and being very customer focused. We're not run by private equity companies, which are saying, I got to monetize the assets and I got to keep sweating it out. That gives us that agility in the marketplace. And we we consistently look at disrupting our cash cows. We don't want a Nokia moments in our life. Uh, We want to remain ahead on the curve. Uh, That's been the belief and that's how the organization has been built. From a pedigree, it's been 30 years of doing commercial banking through the Polaris Heritage and then... Intellect IGTB heritage now. But we've chosen the path. We let go of our Polaris heritage and chose this IP route uh, because this is where we believe the future is. And we put in our money behind our mouth, what we believe in, and whatever we sold, we put that money in uh, to make those right investments. Thank you
0: very much, Manish Makan, Chief Executive Officer of IGTB.